Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1237 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Tuesday into Wednesday. And thank you for joining us as always on the podcast. Please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Make us your first listen each and every day. And if you missed it, this is actually part two of two. So I recommend strongly going back to part one. It's myself and Tower Jones. If you do not listen to part one, I definitely think that's better to listen to that first. It's sort of an order or it's one conversation, sort of free flow between myself and Tyler. So this is part two. If you're already arriving for part one, thank you for listening to part one. Thank you for all of your support on the show. But that's sort of my PSA at the top of the episode. It's part two with myself and Tyler. After the intro, you'll hear uh, that conversation continue. And uh, at the end of the podcast, sort of a sign off from me. But thank you for subscribing as always. And here we go. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know, you talked about Hunter being a question mark. I still think I'm a little higher on Hunter than you are, but unquestionably, he has to be better to have the same role or be a part of the future plans. You know, there's the whole extension conversation with Hunter. I know where you stand. I know you wouldn't pay the every Hunter. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, I know where you stand on that one. Um, but like, I, I think barring a trade, he's going to, he's going to play a lot. I don't know if they're going to trade him. I don't know what they're going to do there, but I, from what I hear, I'd be surprised if he was traded unless it was for like a pretty big package for a, a guy who's really good. Um, that is possible, but I think they're not trying to trade him. I don't think they're actively trying to do that. Um, so, I mean, they're not actively trying to trade him because he has no trade value. Like what? Well, I, th- I think he has more value than you do. Uh, but I mean, for certain, like I could see the Jazz being interested in him. Well, team, teams certainly are going to want to. Uh, I'm sure you know beyond the national like broadcast stuff where there was this. I know you heard it in the playoffs. There were people talking about how Hunter is this like great number two option offense, all this stuff. Ugh. Like nationally, it was just like, all right, you guys haven't watched the team all year long. That's very Ugh. obvious. But um, there hold is on, a perception. Hold on, of hold on, him. Hold on. Can I can I talk about his performance against the Heat, where I thought he was actually terrible during that series, except for the game five, like game five. He, he was, was really he was good. obviously he was obviously awesome in game five. So but yeah, I mean he was really good in game five. Game four though, like. <laughs> ooh, wee. Like, I don't want you to write too much on this because it's like you know it's one of the things, but. That was one of the worst. Like, sorry about about this. Uh, good. He's um, he was he had one of the like worst like off ball performances I've ever seen. Like Jimmy Butler was just eating him alive on both ends. It was it was pretty nasty. And also like a lot of his offensive production, if you watched, like the Heat just weren't guarding him. Like they weren't taking him seriously. It was a lot of Nate. It was the heat. They weren't. They the, weren't guarding anybody other than Bogey and Trey, basically. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. That's Herter, true. Herter, Herter got a lot of looks too, and he made he made some. They missed some, and he wasn't fantastic either. But you, you could definitely see who they respected, uh, and it was mostly Trey and Bogey. Um, and then when Bogey got mess matches, he went after them pretty aggressively, and that's what happened until Hunter. I mean, again, to his credit, in Game Five, Hunter really went hard and was aggressive and played well and made shots, and that was good. Um, yeah, but, I mean, if you watch the lineups on the floor with the Miami Heat, like, there was a lot of P.J. Tucker's the tallest guy on the floor, and it's like, well, that's nice against the Miami Heat. I mean, and they they were a great defense, a great defense all year. But, like, I mean, we watched it all season with DeAndre Hunter and his finishing. Like, it, <laughs> it wasn't great. Uh, in fact, I uh, – if you go to through the number – and, again, we're going to move off Hunter, I promise. But – um. 
I think on two, yeah, on twos, he actually shot almost as bad as he did as a rookie. He shot 47% on twos this year. And for a guy his size, uh, with his physicality and like the ability to do what he is uh, you know, physically able to do, that's a terrible number. Now, he shot 38% from three, which is actually really encouraging. If you want to find something that he was good at this year on offense, it was three-point shooting. But uh, he can't shoot 47% on twos. That's that's not and that's that's not it wasn't a small sample size either. That, that's that's the full season number. Like he did not do well inside the arc. And when you factor that in, like that's not going to work because he's still taking more. He's still taking twice as many twos as threes, and that's just going to kill your efficiency. Yeah, I mean, I, like to me, I'm like, <sighs> I don't know. It's I just, hear the exasperation. Just, no, we we can move on. It's fine. I, I, mean, I just wanted to like obviously he's a part of the process, and like I know I know. I sense in your voice in the at the uh, in the, the last conversation, like you know, he's going to have a role. I think if he's here, he's going to have a prominent role. It will stun me if he's not starting at the three. If he's on the roster, we'll see what happens from there. Uh, and if he and Liz, look, he he was awesome in that stretch in his second season. We all know that. Um, but at the same time, that was one twenty game stretch in three years. So like. What are you supposed to do with that in terms of, of projection, in terms of what you do, um, like planning wise, if you're the GM, uh, extension talks, et cetera. Like he's, he's literally had basically one stretch in his three-year career where he was worth a huge investment. And that's over the course of 140 games. And it's, it was 20 games or so. That's what we're talking about. I don't know. I like, man, those 20 games though, I – I don't even remember. Like I felt like he was, <laughs> he was really good defensively too. Like I, I just don't know what happened. Like, it, well, and maybe, maybe just to be a little bit, uh, to be a little bit positive, I think he was banged up this year. Um, to your point earlier on this podcast about yeah. uh, the training staff, all that stuff. He said after after the season was over, his back was bugging him a lot. Like he had that hard fall with Kelly Oubre, and he was not really quite the same after that. Um, maybe that was part of it too. Um, but this is also, and I'm not someone who throws around the injury prone thing. And he, I'm not saying that now, but Danny back to Virginia, he's had a lot of health stuff. Like you can't ignore the fact that he had, he lost the season at Virginia and he was banged up a little bit as a rookie. He missed almost all of the second season. And then he missed 30 games this year. And like, so in the last five seasons, he's basically had one and a half full years. That's, that's tough. I, you, he's got to be healthier too. And um, this is the same thing with, with Herter had that reputation and he's been healthy now for a couple of years in a row. So it can be done, but you know, all the factors in play, this is why I wouldn't look to extend him at, at anything less than a bargain basement level. But like, it's a big year. We all know that, but it's a huge year for him. And, and honestly, because of how much they invested in him in the first place, back to the trade and the fact that he's the only guy on the roster that fits his profile in terms of like big physical wing if he misses or if they give up on him, it leaves a crater. Like just realistically, as much as we talked about how good those herder bogey lamps are, like a lot of times you can't get away with that. If you're playing the Celtics, if you're playing somebody that has, if you're playing Kevin Durant, you can't play those lineups. You have to have someone that can guard Kevin Durant or guard Jason Tatum. And those guys can't do that. So we'll see. But Hunter's supposed to be. Yeah, but they can trade for the, like that guy, the this guy we're talking about, which is really like, to me, I'm like, Getting bigger, DeLong right, which is, I think, what, what I'm thinking about just defensively. Well, sure. That guy's all over the league. Like, you can you can trade or sign that guy in free agency. Like, that's not all. But you have to actually be willing to be like, this guy's going to cut into DeAndre Hunter's minutes significantly. 
Like DeAndre Hunter might play 20 minutes a game. Well, and it's funny. It's funny because of all the stuff that Nate said about develop, like not like not having development minutes, all that stuff. And then, if we're being honest, you know, a lot of this season, Hunter didn't earn thirty minutes a game. It's just that he was playing that because he was the only guy around to play it. And again, I know I've been accused of like picking on Hunter. I'm really not trying to. He just wasn't very good this year. But it's but, a big season. But here's the thing: like, why why are we spend so much oxygen talking about DeAndre Hunter like this? Like. Well, you know why they just they traded four assets for him, and he, I mean, he was number four yeah, pick in the draft. That was, but that was like what three years ago? Like it was, he but he's, like, he's also the starting four. He's also the starting three. Like he started every game that he played in, other than the one when he came back from injury. Like he was he was an entrenched starter. He's the only other guy other than Trey Collins and Capella that is like he starts every time he plays. He's he's a starter. He's entrenched in that role. Whether you think he should be or not is another question. But like they, they, they mean, still they still view him as that guy. They still view him as a as a as a core core inner core piece. That, that's my point with like the GM of the team. Maybe we should give ourselves some more options at the big wing position. And more options is not Solomon Hill. Well, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to now because you trade you trade Cam, you get nothing back for him in terms of right now. Obviously, the pick is the pick, but we laughed about it, but like how much better would they have been this year if they had Solomon Hill? A lot. It's crazy, I know, but like that's how bad it was behind DeAndre Hunter. They had no, they had nobody else. It was TLC who they signed as a non-guaranteed guy before training camp. He was on a non-guaranteed contract. It was him. It was Kevin Knox who they got as the salary filler for Cam, and then it was Jalen who they who they, who they didn't want to play. Obviously, the three. So like. It was a crater after they traded Cam and obviously well documented how bad they were with Cam on the floor, like minus 10 per 100 possessions with Cam on the floor for the season. So like, to your point, I agree with you. They have to have other options. It can't just be those three wings and nothing else next year. That's my, like, other than I've said a number of times now that they have to do, at least they don't have to, they will do something else in terms of like a trade involving somebody or doing something. But even a step beyond that, those can't be your only three wings next year. That that's untenable. You cannot have that happen again. Agree. I mean, granted, they could always just play Dylan Wright some more minutes at the three or at the well, two or three. Well, they have to sign him first. But yes, I think they probably true. will. That's I think true. they probably they probably will. But I'm not. There's nothing guaranteed. Dylan Wright can leave anytime he wants. He's <laughs> unrestricted. I mean, and there's some guys. I mean, there's some guys I like in free agency. I know Kyle Anderson's not a three, but like. Oh well, Grizzlies crossover. Your guy, Kyle Anderson, slow mo. Kyle Anderson's good. Can like. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know you probably didn't watch this, but he he was taking it to Jordan Poole on Monday night. I bet he was because he's taking he's a team. good basketball player. He's been a good basketball player for the majority of his career. Like, and but teams don't pay him that much money because he's unorthodox. You know, that's a guy you can look at. I mean, there was I feel like there was an opportunity to, to get Josh Hart. I mean, the Pelicans were dying to get rid of him for some reason. Like, Josh Hart's a good basketball player. Jason Tate, I'm pretty sure is still available. OKC he has like OKC has like 15 wings that they don't play. We could snatch <laughs> them. The does does Danthony Melton, I'm pretty sure, doesn't play when everybody's healthy. Like you know, there are options like this, there are options that aren't oh trade. I think they should trade for Ben Simmons, but that I think that's another pot for another day. But like there are more options than waiting for the Jalen Brown or the Jason Tatum or the the Brandon Ingram you know, pie in the sky outcome to happen. 
uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, pie in the sky to happen, like to address their wing problem. Like there, there are good back, like there are good basketball players in this league that aren't superstars or don't project to be high scoring guys. They don't need scoring. Like to me, this team in general needs a bit more toughness and physicality on the perimeter. Um, and they need just. They just need more guys so that it's not so that we're not in a situation where DeAndre Hunter is where we're where DeAndre Hunter is so important. Like, because quite frankly, Brad, he hasn't shown the ability to to warrant this level of trust in him as a player. Like he just it was a 20 game stretch. I, I don't know, man. Like I it's gotta be more than 20 games from him. And like he's gonna get if you like he's probably going to be back next year. He's going to get some more chances, but like, can we at least have some options on this team so that we're not just just throwing out we're just throwing out DeAndre Hunter to just not be good enough? Like, I mean, it was it was either NBA Math or some some Twitter account had him as like the three hundred first ranked basketball player. Yeah, that was the uh, Andy Bailey like um, average of all of the catch all metrics. So that was oh, even just average. that was the average. Oh yeah, that was bad. It's even worse. Because, like, I mean, there's only 30 teams in the league, and really most teams are, what, 10 deep at rotation? Like, DeAndre Hunter's in the 300s. Like, that's – for a team that has more aspirations than just being a playoff team, that's not good enough. Like, and he's playing start plus plus starter minutes. Like, he's, like he's one of your better two-way guys, and he's just not. And I, I hate, I hate that I'm, I'm on this podcast again talking about DeAndre Hunter. But like to me, it, it just speaks to like it speaks to his organization. Like they, they're not giving themselves any outs with him. Like give yourself a chance with somebody else. Like they had a chance to do it at trade deadline, they refused. Um, so we'll see what they do in this off season. I cannot, I cannot think they're going to come into this to the season with, with just those with Hunter bogey Herder being, being the three guys, like being they, the only guys. Yeah, exactly. So they can't do that. We'll, we'll see what they do. Today's show is brought to you by athletic greens. And my schedule is pretty crazy this time of year. And really all the time I started taking athletic greens because I actually was trying to be healthier, have more energy. I want to see what all the fuss was about with athletic greens. And now I've been on it for a while. And AG one is what I'm taking for months and I really love it. AG1 does not taste like a typical thing that's super healthy. And I really look forward to actually taking AG1 each and every day. It's the first thing I have when I wake up. And just one delicious scoop of AG1 from Athletic Greens. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source of superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day on the absolute right note. And they have a special blend of ingredients that supports your nervous system, your immune system, your gut health, your energy, and gives you the ability to focus and recover. And AG1 costs less than $3 a day. You're investing big time in your health. It's cheaper than cold brew. That's uh, something that I definitely can attest to. And AG1 also supports better sleep quality and recovery as well as mental clarity and alertness. And right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with the convenient daily nutrition that AG1 and Athletic Greens provides. It's one scoop of water in a cup every day, and that's really all you have to do. No need for a million different pills. It's something to look out for your health to make it even easier on you as well. Athletic Greens has a great offer for us, and that is they'll give you the free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that is athletic, athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Take ownership over your health today and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Beyond that, I do want to you know talk about you know, we, we kind of haven't talked about Trey at all. You know, Trey is 
what Trey is. Trey's awesome. Uh, the playoffs were not good. Um, do you think that, like, where do you fall on the, I know you kind of mentioned it in passing, but where do you fall on the number two creator discussion? Cause that's, that's kind of out there too. And um, trying to throw that needle. And this is something I've always said, like, it's really hard to find a number two creator on offense that also isn't a bad defender. And that is what they have to try to do because if they try to do it, if they try, if they try to go with a bad defender in that, in that spot, whoever that might be, that makes life even more difficult defensively after you were already terrible defensively. So like, I don't know what, what's your thought process on like the, 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 the common discussions about like improve the defense versus number two creator or both or whatever. How old is Kevin Herter? Uh, Kevin Herter, I believe is 23, but I'm looking it up now just to make sure I'm right. He is 23. Just, just let Kevin Herter develop into the role. Like I, I don't think there should be this big rush to get this second creator. Um, Ideally, Kevin Herter just comes into himself and really um, – because he had – like, to me, I think Herter has the talent to be that guy. Um, but, he one, he needs to – he actually needs the reps. I'd like – I'd like for Kevin Herter to have his usage rate go up a bit more. Um, you know, have a coach to be like, hey, Kevin, uh, you're – you know, you're starting, but you're going to be – we're going to sub you out first and have you run the second second unit, you know, instead of that going to Luke Williams this year, maybe have Kevin Herter develop into that role um, a bit more, you know, or outside of that. I mean, they do need one. Like, that's obvious. But I don't know if you're going to get the level of talent that you need at that position. With You're going to have to draft that guy or trade for him. And the guys available – are all Trey Young's site height, and that just X's them out, in my opinion. It's just like that. It's like I don't know. It's it's similar to for the Hawks. Like, hey, the Hawks should trade for Rudy Gobert. I'm like, they. Sh- I mean, sure. I don't know if that changes anything for this team, but like, is Rudy Gobert better than Capella? Sure. Does that actually change the fundamental issues with this basketball team? No. If you trade for like, let's say the Hawks do trade for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, it's exciting that he, it's brand names. Donovan Mitchell had had a great season last year, um, but defensively, it's going to be an issue again. It's not like the Hawks had problems offensively all throughout the season. I know it showed up in the playoffs this year, uh, but like to me, I felt like that had more to do with their primary mode of offense being shut down due to injury. Like your two lob threats are both hurt. That's how you play basketball. Like it just made, it just made the Hawks easy to guard. And like Trey Young just didn't have it against the heat. I'm not about, I, I wouldn't be in a rush to throw all my chips in the, into a Donovan Mitchell or a Bradley Bill type of basket. Now we're throwing our chips in for uh, Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or Jason Tatum or Brandon Ingram, like, you know, like I said, like for that type of basketball player, yeah, sure. Do it. They're never available. You have to draft that guy. So um, they, they're going to have to get lucky in the draft again. I mean, and ideally that guy has the measurables that you can play him alongside Trey Young. That's, I mean, that's one of the difficulties of Trey Young being the guy is that he's six one, he's 168 pounds and you have to surround him with guys who are bigger. 
But the issue is like guys who are bigger just aren't typically aren't as skilled as the smaller guys. Like that's just how the how the NBA is. So I, I'm not a fan of like rushing to to really make that decision yet. I would I would actually caution patience with that because like I think Herder has the talent to do it. I think Bogdan Bogdanovich, if he can if he can actually be healthy and not what he was during the season. Maybe he can help a bit more in that in that department, but also like I really believe in Trey Young as the as the number one guy, like as as the guy. Like it it didn't work against the 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 best switch defense in the NBA, but like that was just one. That was just five games. Like I don't like he was he was to me he was the best point guard in the NBA this year, All NBA first team. Um just based on what he did during this regular season. I I'm not concerned about Trey Young or if or this offense. I'm I'm more concerned with getting lineups out there that can do both can play well on both ends. That's why I'm like maybe they should actually trade for Ben Simmons or maybe they should trade you know maybe they should think about trading getting off of Capella and Collins that two man group even though it's been it's been a great two man group for them. Maybe they should look to to get, uh, you know, since they have a combo, maybe they should look to get some more talent. Just get some more talent on this team. The young talent that fits the um, the age range of where Trey Young is at currently in his career. Yeah, I mean, I, that's all that all makes sense. And you know, I understand. I really do understand the appeal of Hawks fans that want to trade for someone like Beal or Zach Levine or. Donovan Mitchell, I do. I, I understand those guys are all star level players, and I will say, just an aside, the Zach Levine point. I think there was an opportunity to trade for Zach Levine that they, but they missed it. Like that. that well, now, yeah, not, now, now it basically requires Levine to not want to go back to Chicago, yeah. uh, rule that out, and then also kind of choose Atlanta openly because anything with a sign and trade. That's sending sending with Beal, by the way. Like you basically have to get um, those guys are not going to get traded to Atlanta without them wanting to be traded to Atlanta. Same with Donovan probably too. Like it's one of the situations where those guys are all going to pick their destinations for the most part. I'm not sure what those, what those, uh, what those guys want, but it is just, you know, I know I'm the defense guy, but I, I do have a hard time seeing a situation where a Trey young Donovan Mitchell backcourt is not terrible defensively. I just don't understand how that's going to work. Um, would it be exciting? Yeah, it would be uh, offensively. They'd be incredible, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not even the biggest Mitchell guy. All, all I would say overall, but he's still a good. He's still a really good offensive player. So like, it would really help them with Trey's off the floor. It would help them in my in the Miami series to have them another another scoring option. But I wouldn't necessarily do trying to do that either. I do I do sort of I, I do understand though subscribing to the like go get a star at any cost thing. I'm not necessarily all all the way there, but you can't necessarily pick and choose who that star is. So if you if the Hawks felt if Travis Schlenk thought. Donovan Mitchell was the top, you know, twenty guy in the league. You just got to go do it if you can. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I would do that, but if if you if, if he evaluated him that way, I understand why they would want to. Does that make sense? Yeah, but that's my my thing is like there's a big gap between top twenty and top ten. I, I mean, would it agree. Just is, and so it's like, sure, you're getting a top twenty guy, but like, how how much better is this top twenty guy better than the guys you're getting rid of? Who are well, and also for, for Donovan 10. in particular, like. I think you got to trade. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what it, would, what it would cost, but I know it would be Collins. If it, if it, if it wasn't Collins, it would be everything else. 
I would guess you have to trade for Donovan Mitchell. Like you got to trade at least, uh, you know, probably Hunter and Herter and Jalen and multiple picks. I would guess something like that. Um, or maybe three picks and two of those guys, however you want to say it. If it doesn't, if it doesn't involve Collins, it's basically everything else. And like, yeah, I don't and know, you can argue, but I mean, but tough. it's like, yeah, that's not, like, that sounds great on paper. Like, Hey, those three guys aren't as good as Donovan Mitchell, but it's yeah, like, <laughs> but, but I don't know this, this, the NBA is moving kind of away from just cramming, just getting stars into the room and like building your roster room there. Like f- to me, the Hawks need another guy. They clearly do. Ideally, the Hawks got a second guy who can get consistently get to the rim while while also being able to play alongside Trey Young. Get to the rim is a huge part of this, by the way, because that's the I know we've talked about it before, but secondary creator versus get to the rim are different. The and different, that's what two different Hawks don't have that. Yeah. The Hawks don't have the, the even if you believe in Kevin Herter or Bogey, those guys don't get to the rim. Nope. And DeAndre Hunter can do it a little bit, but he doesn't like to all the time. Like he, he likes to take mid range pull-ups. Like they don't, they don't have a guy on the roster right now that regularly gets downhill other than Trey. Today's show is brought to you by built bar and summer is coming. If you're anything like me, you'll actually need some food on the go in the next few months. Built bar is a perfect snack to take with you on vacations, whether by yourself or with your family, throw them in your own bags, toss them in your kids' backpacks, make sure that everyone has a bar. So you're fueled for your summer adventures. And the best part about built bar is that it's healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing deliciousness for health. Built with Built Bar, you can actually have both at the same time. It's also very easy. All you have to do is go to built.com and order right now. All Built Bars and Puffs have 100% real chocolate on the outside, which is great for taste and texture. If you haven't tried the Built Puffs yet, I don't know what you're waiting for at this point in time. They have great flavors like banana cream pie, which is actually a personal favorite of mine. And you actually picture just how well that tastes right now if you think about it. And if that's not enough flavor for you, you have the mixed boxes or an option as well. They have 12 different flavors of bars and puffs in one package. And Built Bar is also healthy for you, of course. Most bars only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, which is awesome. And most candy bars have almost just a crazy amount of sugar, almost double the calories. Built Bars also taste fantastic while still being healthy. That's a huge key to Built Bar. And Built.com has all the favorites that you could possibly want. Go there right now. They're all delicious and flavors are always coming out all the time. Built.com also has a promo code for you. It's LOCKED15 and 15% off on your order if you use that promo code LOCKED15 at checkout. Use promo code LOCKED15, 15% off at Built.com. That's why Ben Simmons, I'm a... <laughs> I can't believe you're a, you're a Ben Simmons true believer at this point. Well, here's the difference. During the season, it was going to cost john collins and then it would just would have collins and more yes it would have cost collins and bogey probably and it's like well well now 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 he has the back thing and i'm not sure what his value is but but Um, it's like i think my bigger thing was like sure ben simmons is great but like ben simmons and capella that's untenable but now you can trade capella so that's why i'm like all right i can understand the appeal so your idea your, your idea is basically capella and whatever else for Ben Simmons? Is that what you want to do? Capella, Hunter for Ben Simmons. But, like, I don't know if the Nets would be interested in that. I mean, they, they may not be because of, like, but at the same time, I don't know about Ben Simmons back. Is it, like, really bad? I don't know. Uh, is he yeah. able, able to play? I don't know. Like, he's a really, really, not to go down this road, he's a very, very hard trade piece on all sides. Because, like, yeah. if you're the team, he hasn't played in a year. Like, if you're trading for him, if you're trading him, you might look silly if he looks awesome again, but who knows? I don't know. It's like, 
this is why I don't really have great fake trade answers for you, for anybody when they ask me. It's just like there's so many options that basically anything short of Trey Young being traded is on the table. <laughs> I, I mean, another – I mean, uh, Jonathan Isaac down in Orlando, I don't know what his situation is. He hasn't like, played in a long time. That would – I mean, he hasn't played a lot of basketball in the NBA at all. Like, I, I, I recently looked at, like, his profile, like, I think he's played less than 200 games in his career. Um, that sounds right. Been, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't played a, in a game since what before the bubble or in the bubble, maybe. Yeah, like and like he's been in the NBA for five plus years now. Yeah, he uh, missed he missed two full seasons in a row. But like, and he played, and he, and he played 34 years in the in the. He said one season where he actually played. His, yeah, his rookie year he played 27 games. His third year he played 34 games, and zero the last two the last two seasons. And, and he's also got some uh, – he's also might be a little bit crazy. So, there's that. Yeah, he's got he's got some opinions. He's got some opinions. And, like, that that might be – that might genuinely be an issue in the locker room. Um, he might be a yes. locker room guy. A bad you – know, not a bad locker room guy, but just, like – Questions. Just one of, yeah, it's just, like, nobody really wants to be around this dude during this time. But, like, at this – at the same time, they could use like if you want to upgrade defensively. All the He's a great defender. Great defender. Absolutely, already. absolutely. Yep. Be a massive boost to this team. Uh, Isaac Collins, Akongwu. I mean, you like I don't know if Isaac Capella can actually work just due to, but again, just due to offense. Yeah, due to <laughs> offense. But like, I, I feel yeah. like Isaac Collins and and Akongwu, like that's. That's a unit that could do some damage on both ends. Um, I do, like that. That's just my point. Like, I do think they have ways to improve this roster, but in general, they they really need another guy who can get to the rim, like flat out that can yeah. play alongside Trey Young. And there's I do just agree. Not, they, they there's have just to have not that. that many guys. There's just not that many guys in this league, like who. Like, I mean, the Hawks could play Trey Young and Sharif Cooper together. I don't know if, like... Yeah, I mean... It'd be I don't terrible. Know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, a lot of the guys it. they could probably get for a reasonable price are those... This is part of the problem, is that the guys that you might be able to find that can do that are defensive questions, or at least, at, a, at the very least, defensive questions. There might be some guys who just get, that you can't play. Now, it could be a situation where you find a guy who can play with Trey sometimes... And yeah, they'll, they'll get killed on defense, but it will, you know, you just kind of lean into it a little bit. Um, but it's it's really tough. I mean, I was going to ask you before we get out of here, like what your priorities would be. And we talked about a lot of stuff, but like, you know, get, heading into the offseason, nothing's really happened yet. There's still the lottery's next week, et cetera. Like if you're Travis, we don't have the info on the, ins- uh, on the inside that he does, but like, what are you, like, what is your number one, we're trying to do this? Short of just getting better, which they everybody they've been very open about trying to get upgrades, which I, I actually appreciate. I think Hawks fans should appreciate how open they have been about like, look, this isn't good enough. We're gonna be better. Um, that's actually kind of encouraging, I think. But like, if it's you, what are you trying to do first? Like, what is your actual goal? This offseason? obviously the first thing is we have to avoid the tax spread. Oh lord, we cannot Listen. expect we cannot expect our billionaires to pay taxes. In this country. He, uh, I, I gave, uh, you know, I as you know, I'm very skeptical that he'll pay the tax. I think he did say the right things uh, for the most part on that, on that, on that uh, zoom call. He did caveat them every time, which I thought was notable. Um, but 
I think they 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 could go into the tax. I would guess they probably don't. But uh, it, a lot of it comes down to like, what do you what do you do with Gallo? Because if they want to keep that Gallo salary slot, they're already at the tax basically. I think Trey's going to make All-NBA after doing a, a minor straw poll. I think if I had to guess, he's going to make 13, um, which will give them six more, six more million dollars on the books per season. That's not a small amount of money in terms of like your actual calculus. Good for Trey, though, obviously. Uh, yeah, if they cut Gallinari um, and just, you know, just to save money on the salary, on the tax, I'm going to be super annoyed because while be. Gallinari isn't. Gallinari I would try to trade Gallo personally. I mean, like, me I, too. I, yeah, I, think I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't just try. I wouldn't just want to keep Gallo just to keep Gallo. Like I think he can help oh, you yeah. in certain ways. But I do think that to your point, if I am a Hawks fan, and I'm, I don't think about this way anymore. But you are. You're. You're a Hawks fan. If I'm. A, if I'm a fan, and they just cut Gallo to save that money, I would be furious. I mean. Because, like, again, he's not a perfect player. And, like... But he's, he's valuable. He's still a valuable player. He's still, like, quality rotation player for a good for a good basketball team. And, like, could really, could really like, uplift an offense. Granted, he's kind of morphed into Carmelo Anthony. I don't know if you know that, but, like, late-stage Carmelo Anthony, where it's a lot of post-ups. It's a lot of post-ups, Brad. Um, and... Uh, it's not the best analyt- analytically sound offense. Um, granted, he did at the end of the year remember that he has to, you know, dunk the basketball if he wants. If he has, if he wants any hope of making that twenty million bucks, but like, um, I think for the Hawks' perspective, I don't think Gallo should be on this team. But at the same time, they shouldn't just cut him to save money. They should be looking to trade him. He um, he, he has a very interesting. Con- it's it's a, it's an expiring deal. If you trade him at the draft. You can trade him to a team that is trying to shed salary and they can cut him if they want to, or you can trade him to a team that actually wants to just have him on the roster. And I think Gallo, to your point, is a pretty good player. But I, the worst case scenario is you just cut Gallo because then you're paying $5 million on the, on the, on the cap that you can't remove from the cap and you're getting nothing back. And now, yeah, you have Jalen Johnson, which is a sort of a ready-made back and power forward option. But as we discussed on this show, they're not going to just run the team back. It's so like, you're, you're not just done then. It'd be different if they were just like, all right, if they had made a conference finals again this year and you want to just like, okay, let's run it back and we'll just have Gallo um, give away to Jalen. If they had a great season this year, that'd be a lot easier to take. But we all know from Tony's comments, Travis's comments to what we just said, they're not going to run it back anyway. So like cutting money to do that, like I, I get the tax is like not the favorite thing to talk about for people, but like it matters. And I think that it would be really annoying for, it's kind of like when they, you know, this is, this is kind of a deep cut because it's, it's pretty on topic right now. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw this last night, Tyler, but Al Horford had quite a game on Monday. Oh, he's had a, he's had quite a playoff. He's had a he season for the Boston Celtics. I'm but that, that was a reminder. It was a reminder that, uh, Basically, and there's been some revisionist history on this, but I can tell you what happened because I was around the team covering it. Uh, if they had wanted to keep Al Horford and pay him, they would have done that, and he would and he would have stayed. Uh, and they and they decided to penny pinch Al Horford. And now it's a little bit different now, obviously different situation, but um, that kind of stuff will make you mad for a long time. And there are Hawks fans that are still mad about that because that was a good team and they broke it up for no reason, basically. 
um, or at least not a reason that was good. Uh, Dwight Howard was not a reason that was good. So that this is obviously a little bit different. Gallo's not Al Horford, but like if you just for money reasons only cut that guy, it's not a great tone to set. I'm sure Trey wouldn't be thrilled with that just because you're making your team worse for no for no reason other than Tony's pocket. And like that doesn't go over well with guys. No, the guys don't like that. Listen, I, now I'll say this. If they want to just trade Capella for like a lottery pick, you know, maybe to like the Trailblazers or the Kings. Well, getting a lottery pick is different because that, that's like a, that, that's, getting a lottery pick. I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, <laughs> yeah, if that's on the table, like, I feel like I'm, I'm fine with that. Even if that makes the team worse for this year, I wouldn't have a problem with it just because they, they, they do need to upgrade talent. They just need more talent on this roster. Um, I'm kind of with you, by the way. And I think that that's not likely to happen. I think yeah. just judging, like knowing what I hear and also what's being said, they're not trying to take a step back. I think there's some urgency to win. Um, I'm kind of with you that like, that would be a, a move or a type of move that I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind them going a little bit higher upside and going for a uh, top five pick, something like that. Like if you, if you could trade someone like Collins or Capella for like a real, real, swing in the draft um that's defensible to me i i, I don't Hawks think that's do that. actually going to be available but like i i wouldn't hate it like even collins for it like well your thought like, would be portland i was seeing andrew kelly on yeah you know for the guy from purdue i'm like Hi, andrew i mean granted that's that's the end of my hawks tenure but like objectionably <laughs> i wouldn't hate it you know no i, I would mean, hate, like like as a, it's as a swing. A, it's a swing. It's just it, it, it'd be a, it's a rational decision, um, but it would make the team worse. Like that, there's just no question. Well, and that's the thing about it is like you have to be willing if you're if you want to do that if you actually want to aim high, like on that kind of step back move, you got to have the buy in internally because you're gonna get worse if you trade Collins or Capella for a future facing asset. Your team is worse. I know there's people that believe the team's like better without Collins, which is just absolutely insane. Um, and Capella gets unnecessary criticism too. Like, I know Akongwu was there. I know Akongwu is going to be awesome. I love Akongwu. I've always loved Akongwu. I wanted to draft Akongwu. He's not as good as Capella right now. Plus, even if you thought he was as good as Capella, he's become your starter and you have to have a backup center. <laughs> like, you got to have 48 minutes. So, like, if you trade one of those guys for a future facing the, pick, like, the, you're going to get worse. You're just not. The only difference I'll say with that, Brad, is that you can't have 48 minutes because you can play Collins at the five if you do the Capella thing. You can't. No, I'm not that, saying. And, and, it's and that's not, the thing. It's like, not, you would still be taking a step back, but it's not yes. the, it's not the. Um, okay, we have this massive hole at the four. You're right. You're right. If, if it's, if we it's have Capella find, instead of Collins, you, find, have, you have more of a plan. You we have, have more to plan. find a power forward that is both good on defense, makes threes, and makes shots at the rim. Well, well, and also if you if you did that, let's just say just for this is totally hypothetical. If you traded Collins for the pick and Josh Hart or whatever, uh, you also could use the mid level on a four on a power forward. Yep. Like it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a great player, but you you can get a rotation guy for the mid level. Um, whereas, uh, you know, whatever you want to want to do, but yeah, I, I'm with you. It, it is it's still easier in terms of just overall team building to trade Capella than it would be to trade Collins. I think yeah. You have that's just the larger. The just that's just the larger point. But like, I understand them. My my ultimate point is like they want to find ways to upgrade the roster. That's probably the best way because 
I mean, they really like all this Collins and Capella talk. They really need to upgrade from what they're getting out of DeAndre Hunter. Like, just if they want to improve the roster, that's the simplest way. That's the easiest way. And there are multiple guys who don't make that much money. Yeah, I, I would say just wing play overall. I and mean, obviously part of that is Hunter, but I would, I would make it a little bit more general. And that's not to say that Herter and Boogie are back, because they're not. They're good players. But like just general wing play. And yes, Hunter was the worst of them this year. I, I think if you pulled nationally, people that don't watch the Hawks, that might sound like weird. But Hunter was very clearly the worst of those three players this year. Like not even close. In terms I mean, of it, it's annoying. It's annoying. The, the I just want to defend Herter a bit because I somebody's got to defend defend uh white people in this country like <laughs> if i if i've been hurt it for two seconds like he was oh, incredible in those playing games he was uh, good to play him. put the clamps on the and he ball. also had a better year than people realize like Garland. like herder was herder is really good like i get it he's not he's not star level he's no. not flashy well and, and by the way solid. he's getting the same thing that happened to collins in yeah, that it's tough. Herder, Herder got paid. Like Herder, Herder got paid, and people thought, "Oh, we paid this guy. That means he has to he has to take this huge jump," which is just not how it works. Same thing with same with Collins. As soon as Collins got money, there was a segment of the fan base that was like, "Oh, he's making this much money." It's like he's still the same guy. He's still really good. Like he's not going to suddenly get better because he's making more money. Like, and by the way, Herder had his best season of his career across the board. His numbers were the best they've ever been. Like he had a good season. It's just that he did he, he didn't suddenly become a different guy in year four. Like he's, he had his best three point shooting season. He has best two point shooting season, um, et cetera. So like, I don't know. Herder's really good. I'm with you. It's just that he's not going to be a star and that's okay. Like he was never going to be a star. It's, it is what it is. But it, I, I, I would, I would, lo- I would love to see the Hawks actually push him the way that teams push their, y- it's just, it's just frustrating watching like the heat and Tyler hero or even what the Grizzlies are getting from Desmond Bain, where it's like, those guys are empowered. And I just don't feel like the Hawks have empowered Herder in a way that's productive for his development. Um, Cause like his, his development minutes are going, went to Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter for some reason. And it's like, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I just, I just, I, Especially after what he did in the – like, it just still annoys me after what he did in the playoffs that we start the season and he's getting DMP'd for Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. Like, that – I don't care that he was coming off a – like, if he was healthy to play, he, but he's getting dmp or he's losing minutes to those guys, like, that That just didn't make sense to me. Like And that 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 was really – like, I, that re- – it really frustrated me that, that like, if we want to circle back to, like, the beginning, like, how – they never even they never got back to what worked last year. They never they didn't actually do that. Like, no, the, Herder and Bogey just stopped playing together anymore. Like, Nate just wouldn't do it. And like, if you're wondering why were the Hawks so inconsistent, why is this that? It's because you're playing bad basketball players, like Lou Williams, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish. They were really bad this year, and uh, they played a healthy amount of minutes for a team that had bigger aspirations than getting bounced in the first round. Yeah, we we have litigated it to death, but it is worth remembering. It's, it's been a while now; people have kind of forgotten this. Uh, the Hawks, when Cam Reddish was not on the floor this year, had a plus five point seven net rating for the season. They were twenty eight and twenty without him, and if you go back for two seasons now, they've been like 
a 40. They've been I like mean, what, 48 plus one team when Cam Reddish doesn't play. And it's like, again, well, they, they were, and by the way, they were also, they were also, this is the craziest stat of all. They were above average on defense when he didn't play. Is, I mean, if you watch Cam Reddish play, that was not shocking. I, you and I, I, I we, we agree on the fact that Cam became a very overrated defender during his time. But like, it is pretty crazy. Like, they were legitimately good on both ends of the floor whenever he was off the floor in the entire season. And that is wild. I mean, so, that, I mean, that goes back to the organization coaching. It's just like, why was he on this team if he didn't? Why was he still on the scene to start the season if he didn't want to be here? Why was he playing when he was yeah. ineffective? Like, yeah, I mean, I know, I know, I know for a fact, I know for the fact the Hawks have multiple scout and analytic analytic guys on their staff that tell them Cam Reddish is killing us. We have to stop playing him. He is not doing things. He's not playing team basketball. Basically, yeah. everyone everyone who watched them intently, inside, outside, scouts, etc. Everybody kind of knew that was what ha- that was what was happening. Uh, and it just, you know, there's the calculus of uh, trade value and internal dynamics and all that stuff. And they ended up playing him until the very end and they traded him and all that stuff. But uh, undeniably, they were much better when, when he was traded, both uh, after that and also when he was not on the floor before that. So um, uh, we, we've gone long. You're uh, you're a busy man. we got to get out of here. But uh, anything else you want to plug or say, feel free to do so. I know you got um, all, all kinds of interests. I will fill you in on the NBA playoffs at some point because I know you're, you're, you're unsubscribed at this point from playoff basketball. Oh, yeah. I'm a hater. Um, certified hater. Certified hater. I can't watch – I can't stand all this Grizzlies love like it's annoying. Um. Well, you are, you are, you are me, a Grizzlies. You are a Grizzlies guy deep down. Me and Miles Brown are like everything negative he says about the Grizzlies. That he he's using my voice. Just <laughs> I need people to know this. He's using my voice. If people know this, uh, Tyler has spent a lot of time uh, in and outside of Memphis, so he knows the Grizzlies go, what's going on very well. I mean, I love the grit and grind Grizzlies, though. This is not grit and grind Grizzlies. Can I just want? I know I grind. I understand people don't watch. People don't watch basketball teams until the playoffs, but like, not the different. This is a different DNA uh, type of teams, uh, but they're good. But I'm a hater, so I'm not going to give them no props. Um, <laughs> Only props for Al Horford, who Hawks fans don't like anymore. But I, I still, I'm really enjoying Al Horford. I, I, I will be honest with that. I'm really enjoying watching Al Horford play basketball. Uh, I still love Al Horford. I, I'm sorry to all Hawks fans that were mad at him and his dad, but uh, I still like Al Horford. Apologies. Yeah, I mean, he's playing. He's playing great, though, man. It, it is wild. I was playing out of his mind in this series. Crazy stuff. Well, you know, it's he. It's payback. <laughs> it's this bluff you with Boonhoser. Uh, uh, I, I made the joke about it last night. I said I was. Uh, I was obviously kind of kidding, but I was like, I think I heard uh, Al screaming at Bud about how he didn't pay him on the way out the door in Atlanta. Which, uh, you know. Blood feud's a probably a good way to put that. I'm not sure if it's all Bud, because there was certainly some ownership stuff in there as well. But as well documented, Bud was the president of basketball operations at the time. So um, so yeah, shout, shout out to shout out to Al Horford, but you know, we can't root for the Celtics on this podcast. Um, no, I'm not rooting for the Celtics. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't really and uh, if if Bob Rathman hears this, he will be furious with me about talking about nice things about the Celtics. But um yeah, no, I, I, I can still, I can still enjoy Al Horford and also kind of root for the Bucks at the same time. I really don't want the Heat to win because um, I don't want it. It's, it has nothing to do with the play. I love the way they play, and I actually love the intensity and the 
uh, and how they play. I just hate the term heat culture. And so I just hope they lose because um, I, I really hate it. Like it disgusts me uh, on a personal level. All right, uh, there you um, go. But uh, I, like I said, like Jimmy Butler has been incredible. Uh, absolutely yes. dominated against the Hawks. And um, it's good to see. It's good to see he continue his form uh, against the Sixers, who should have paid him uh, and just not thought twice about it. But um, so that's my playoff uh, preview. But I'm not watching any of it because I've, I've been too busy reading uh, the Cosmere, Brad. So I, I finished the Stormlight Archives. Well, the, I don't know when the next book's coming out. I didn't, you know, it's not over, but I finished that series. Then I've read all of the Mistborn, Wax and Wayne. Now I got I think there was like four more books to go um, in the Cosmere from uh, Brandon Sorensen. So sure, I'll let you guys know um, how that's going. All of them are fun. I, I don't know. I enjoy. I'm enjoying just the. It's it's very it's very shockingly old school kind of nineties um, cartoonish, a bit more, with a bit of with a slice, a healthy slice of emo as well in there, um, but you need that you need that edge, um, to keep you to keep you going. Um, but I but I've been enjoying it. It's, it's 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 a fun high fantasy series um, that 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 I've basically given my life to. Uh, since I haven't watched anything on television in like weeks. So that's what I'm doing. But uh, you can follow my takes on Jonesy2x4 on Twitter. I actually don't know how long that's going to be because a certain somebody bought Twitter recently <laughs> and we're going to have to be yeah. paying $3 a tweet or something. So, you know, I don't know when I'll be on Twitter, but uh, that's where you can follow me and I'll, I'll update you guys how I'm feeling about certain stuff and, Maybe I'll have a basketball take every once in a while, but um, that's about it. Well, there you go. Thank you, sir, for joining me. I uh, will leave you with one more thing that I just saw on Twitter from John Schumann of NBA.com, who tweeted out the biggest on-off differentials in the playoffs. And number one in the entire NBA is one, DeLon Wright. So that's all I got. <sighs> just, Nate knows he could have just started him, right? Like, it's just... He, uh shout still on right anyway thank you tyler for all the time two-part episode all that fun stuff please follow tyler if you'd like to uh, get the takes off he enjoys all kinds of things and uh i learned things from tyler uh as for everybody else please subscribe to this podcast uh on whatever platform that you uh, enjoy whether it be youtube on the visual side or spotify apple podcast etc follow me if you'd like to at bt roland follow the show at locked on hawks and we'll see you next time